I'd like to welcome you to episode 31 of Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast with myself and Matt Kelly, founder of Radical Compliance, where we take a deep dive into a compliance-related topic. Today, we go in a very different direction as we both stumbled upon a new broad section website offering at the Department of Justice website. It is just a very interesting and very useful expansion of information available from the fraud site, including FCPA, healthcare fraud, securities and financial fraud, uh, but also some other sections uh, that I found, um, both Matt and I found very interesting. The episode comes in at uh, just under 20 minutes. I'll, of course, link to the new fraud section website, or at least updated fraud section website, in the show notes. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds with my good friend and colleague, Matt Kelly. Matt is the founder and editor of Radical Compliance. And today we are going to go in a little bit different direction because I had um, the excuse to peruse Matt's site looking for some articles. And if you're on his site, which is RadicalCompliance.com, he's got a tweet section. And he's always had pretty humorous tweets, so I was just rolling through and found a tweet which says, Whoa, the DOJ section glams it up with a new photo strip feature on its website. So Matt, with that Somewhat long-winded introduction. Um, welcome, and why don't we talk about the uh, the new fraud website today? Yeah, sure. Good morning, Tom. It's um, you know it's always good to be here talking about whatever comes to mind, and this certainly came to my attention this morning. Um, I have a series of regulatory agencies bookmarked on my web browsers, and I check them out every day, and because. I happened to have my web browser set rather small when I opened up the fraud section this morning. All I could see was this big, huge photo strip. And I said, well, that's definitely new. And when I widened it out, lo and behold, the fraud section has, like I said, you know, they glammed it up with this very spiffy feature that basically rotates through, I think, about half a dozen interesting uh, news items relevant to the fraud section and a little photo that accompanies each item. I think the rest of the fraud section website is largely unchanged or somewhat uh, expanded, but uh, the photo strip definitely emphasizes what the fraud section is doing. There's uh, one up right now about the uh, Odebrecht and Brascom FCPA settlement back in December where they paid billions of dollars. Uh, there was another one about a hospital chain that is uh, that settled for $513 million for fraud. The Volkswagen case, you know, just a, kind of a recent highlights. And um, then, you know, you mentioned to me before we went on the air, they also, the fraud section now has this fraud section 2016 year in review document that had not met my attention just yet until you pointed it out, but uh, that just kind of walks people through what the section has been doing these days. And I think compliance officers would be uh, quite interested to see what's going on. So the um, one of the, I would say, fairly 
uh, criticisms we hear fairly often is that there's not really enough transparency into the fraud section, and certainly in my world, the FCPA world. And this, uh, we've really seen a couple of initiatives, I think, from the DOJ, even in 2017, to um, to be more transparent and to give more information. And although this this site may collect information that was previously available in a variety of other locations, to have it in one location, uh, I think is a, a fabulous resource for the lawyer, the compliance practitioner, the uh, commentator, um, because on the toolbar, in addition to the FCPA uh, area and issues that the fraud section goes into, it goes into healthcare fraud, securities and financial fraud. And in one of the more interesting uh, toolbars is uh, strategy, policy, and training. And here mm -hmm. is something that I have not really seen the department uh, at least aggregate or collate in one section before. And if you go to the compliance initiative section, you see uh, the recently released evaluation of corporate compliance programs that we've both written about. But also most interestingly for me, the uh, a couple of or three interviews with either Andrew Wiseman or the new or, or rather Wei Chen, the uh, DOJ compliance counsel expert. And the thing that I found fascinating about this is I have uh, actually been writing about the evolution of the DOJ leading to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and how the public comments by Andrew Wiseman, Wei Chen, and indeed Leslie Caldwell really over the last 18 months uh, culminated in what we saw in the evaluation. But to have all of this up on one resource, and now I see updated February 8th. So um, it's putting uh, in place things that were in really disparate locations in one place for uh, anyone who wants to research this. You know, I have to admit, Tom, you have done the the grand thing that I I think nobody else has done yet. You have correctly found where these corporate compliance uh, guidance and evaluation guidance it actually is on the fraud section, which I hadn't found where it was. Um, that was I published on February 8th, and then I noticed it on a Google search a couple of days later. It is a fantastic bit of guidance for corporate compliance officers. Lots of other people have then written about it, but until now, I didn't actually know where on the fraud section that guidance was, and now I see it. It's on this strategy, policy, and training section. Um, what I really like about what the fraud section is doing is that for the new compliance practitioner who may be still trying to orient him or herself about what am I looking for, what should I be looking for, how do I interact with the fraud section, um, this is a very good one-stop shop on the fraud section now to figure out where you're supposed to go. Um, not everybody deals with FCPA. Some people are more about securities fraud. Some people are more about healthcare fraud. Um, and it is a very easy to follow roadmap. Um, uh, there's still a small part of me that wishes the fraud section leadership had shouted out a bit more loudly about its evaluation of corporate compliance programs guidance because it's fantastic guidance and they, they should have just tattooed it onto every compliance officer's forehead. It's that good. Um, but we're in between administrations right now. I get it that the fraud section has a lot that's going on in the Justice Department generally. I'm not going to care about why this didn't get shouted out all that much. The fact is that the guidance here is just great. And this is a nice, easy roadmap to figure out where you might want to go. So I just I love what they're doing these days. 
So Matt, from from your perspective, really, and then the world of journalism, really, and then going kind of going to mine, where I try to be a, um, uh, in addition to a commentator, uh, try to provide the nuts and bolts information for a compliance practitioner, is something like this site. Uh, I would see the DOJ is really putting this information out and allowing us to interpret what they're saying. Do you do you see it differently, or does your professional training tell you it's something different? Um, you know, I try just to take all of the information the Justice Department pumps out. I take it at face value, and I assume that they are doing this because they want a good, effective compliance community out there. There are no secret ulterior motives. There's no hidden agenda. It just it is what it is. And beyond that, I just I thank the Justice Department for putting this guidance out. Um, you know, kind of what's striking to me as more and more time passes is that I I really do see that the initial fears after Donald Trump was elected in back in November, a lot of people wondered about the fate of FCPA compliance and the FCPA overall. Is this going to go away? Will I be unemployed as a compliance person? I don't think that's happening. I think that the Justice Department has different priorities now than it did before, and it's emphasizing different things, but very clearly, the FCPA is still here. This law is still going to get enforced. Companies are still going to get investigated. The investigation might feel different than what you might have been used to in prior years, but I don't think we'd be seeing a lot of this if people at the Justice Department or in the Trump administration didn't care about the FCPA and enforcement. If they didn't care about it, this at all, I think, look very different. And the communications we're starting to see, we've seen a few preliminary speeches from new Justice Department people. Like, They're not sending the nobody cares message. That is, that's not out there at all. So let me direct you to the tab uh, entitled Strategy, Policy, and Training, which mm-hmm. gives an overview of the Strategy, Policy, and Training Unit uh, which I have to admit, I did not know there was a separate unit dedicated to this. And they provide a uh, really an interesting list of both national and international initiatives to combat economic crimes. But I'll direct you down to the bottom where they actually list uh, the section's compliant consultant, Wei Chen, by name, and detail what, uh, or at least some of her roles uh, within the uh, fraud section. So very detailed, and to have this type of information, I think, really emphasizes the point you just made, Matt, that you wouldn't put all this up if uh, everything was going to go away, and you wouldn't specifically say that the outside consultant is there to assist prosecutors in the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, corporate-focused remediations, and indeed even monitorships. And, you know, my memory is not 100% on this, but I do want to say that a lot of this material here is relatively new um, because like you, I, I mean, I knew that the strategy policy and training division was there. I'd seen that tab before. I'm almost positive I've looked at it, but I don't recall ever being struck by any of it, which when you look at this now, yes, a compliance officer would be struck by all of the work that this specific unit within the fraud section is doing. So I'm pretty sure the content we're seeing, there's about 10 or 11 bullet points there. Like that is relatively new material. And, you know, the Justice Department is clearly trying to 
send some messages out there to the compliance community, offer some insight into what it's doing. Um, you know, I think that the enforcement of economic crimes is not going to go away because that does get to money laundering, gets to terrorism. It, you know, any whiff of an administration slow rolling a crackdown on terrorism and international illicit financing, politically that would be bad, morally that would be bad. It just makes no sense that anybody, even this administration, would ignore something like that. And I don't think that they are. So it's it's all very interesting and informative stuff. So the um, to have this kind of information, I mean, they even detail the uh, fraud section leadership. And then in uh, other sections where they talk about healthcare, excuse me, healthcare fraud and uh, securities and financial fraud, they uh, provide a list of um, Department of Justice attorneys focusing on this, and uh, I think email addresses where you can contact them. So this is really a very interesting site and provides a lot of information um, that may have been provided to us previously in different formats, but compiled in one one site that I think really helps the compliance practitioner um, going forward. I just even checked the international agreements under the FCPA, and that is just an incredible list of anti-corruption, anti-bribery policies, procedures, conventions, related documents um, from really across the globe. So kudos to our friends at the Department of Justice. Indeed. Um, it, it's worth noting, I guess, to anybody listening to us, as Tom and I speak this morning of Tuesday, March 7th, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee is having confirmation hearings for the Deputy Attorney General and then the number three Attorney General post at the Department of Justice. They're having those hearings right now. I don't know when those people will get confirmed, probably in the next couple of weeks, but slowly but surely emphasizing slowly, uh, the Justice Department is, you know, its leadership is coming together, especially at that sub-attorney general level where compliance officers will get a much better feel for how's this really going to work for them. Um, you know, we should have a much better answers in another two or three or four months once these people are in office. Staffers get hired, plans get made, speeches get delivered. You know, it's, it's on its way. More tea leaves are coming to be read. And I guess maybe we should circle back to the one of the the points you made earlier that this plethora of information, uh, coupled with the public statements we have heard from the attorney general himself, the uh, now uh, uh, nominated numbers two and three for the department, uh, really indicate a um, continued aggressive approach on specifically FCPA enforcement, but uh, on economic crimes really uh, across the board, and that whatever Donald Trump may or may not have said previously about his personal views on the FCPA or bribery and corruption is not going to be the policy of the uh, Department of Justice going forward. I I think that's true. Um, You know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. There is a world of difference between President Donald Trump and then the Trump administration, which is everybody else. Um, I have found that Donald Trump himself is a bit lacking in uh, his leadership skills so far, and some of his views may or may not be grounded in reality. But (laughs) there's a whole other level 
of administration and staff there that are going to come into office eventually. And those people really, you know, even if you disagree with some of their political views, these are people that you, a compliance officer would be able to negotiate with across the table. And uh, I think the sooner that those people come into office and start promoting their policies, the better. And I think compliance officers will find that a lot of what they do isn't really that different than what they did last year. Um, with Donald Trump, who knows? You always have to make all these predictions with a small little caveat that he might do something off the wall. But I think the rest of the administration, really, this is not not, not the great calamity that some people would have predicted back in November. You know, Matt, I think you're right. And uh, I will have to say this has been a really fun episode for me to just take a deep dive into something that really popped up on our radar today. So uh, thank you for bringing it to the uh, compliance world's attention as you did with the evaluation. All right. Happy to do it. All right. Till next time, Matt. Thank you very much. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help our rankings and help us get the word out about how to listen about compliance in a deep dive format. If you have some questions you'd like answered, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com or Matt Kelly at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. This is Tom Fox. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.